Welcome to Imposters Anonymous. To any first time listeners, as always, I highly recommend you take a moment to jump back to the intro of the project. It should be listed as a trailer for the show at the bottom of the list of episodes in your podcast player. It's only about seven minutes long and provides some pretty important context about the nature of this show, its aims, and how it differs from most. So again, I advise you starting there so that the premise of this project isn't totally lost on you. One final update. I will begin trying to incorporate the audience's questions into episodes, both for recordings with recurring guests as well as solo Ask Me Anything episodes. So if there's anything you'd like to hear discussed or you'd like me to speak to specifically, please do give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter and send your questions. The audience isn't huge here, so there's a good chance your questions or topics will be featured. If you have anything at all, don't hesitate. I'd love to hear from you. And on that note, thanks for giving this a shot. And I hope you enjoy the episode. You don't know how lucky you are being a monkey. The past is just a story we tell ourselves. Welcome to Imposters Anonymous. Thank you. It's nice to be here again. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a pleasure to have you. I know we did this the first time uh, remotely, kind of across the world, and it's <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting moment to have it happen again in person. So I'm I'm definitely excited and glad that you can make time for it. Thank you. Yeah, it's been nice to. Um, I mean because I was across the world, but also because of the pandemic, there's like a lot of people that I have known mm, virtually right. and I'm now meeting in real life. Um, it's been like pretty exciting. I mean, we, we did talk about this and we actually met in real life, mm. you know, how we've all had this experience of developing now this relate like virtual relationship mm. with people and then having the the real life one too. And they both seem valid, but slightly different, mm. right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's a new frontier we're in mm. right now. I guess it's kind of a loaded question, but you can just pretend I'm not here. Like, do you feel like on average people sort of uh, exceed expectation as far as like knowing them uh, in the virtual world versus in real life or or it falls short in some ways? And I, again, you can pretend that this doesn't apply to me. But... No, no, that's a good question. And I'd probably end up like turning it inward more. I would say mm. that like um, I like in-person interactions much mm. more. I think I'm a very, um, I don't know, emotive, expressive, um, like sentimental person and energy, mm -hmm. you know, does a lot for me. I, I definitely feed off of it. Um, so I think being with people in person, I get a better sense of them. And, and I think I can transmit good energy too. I have been mm. told that I'm welcoming quite often and I, I like to be that way. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it gives me the opportunity to know someone, um, on a, a better level. So, mm. uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say if it exceeds expectations. Um, but I think it's, 
for me, generally more rewarding mm-hmm. um, on on that level. Does that right. make sense? I, I yeah. like to I like to really know um, someone. You know, I, I like to dig into humanity, which is kind of messy and uncomfortable sometimes, and, and harder <laughs> on yeah. my own end. You know what I mean? I, sure. I, um, but you mean as far as sharing or yeah? Okay. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, be human with me. But then as soon as I make a mistake, I'm like, oh, <laughs> what is this human business it's right. for the birds? Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's it's nice to to dig into those experiences mm. to have the option you know to to kind of have more raw interaction and I think virtual is like coming along you know and we're all getting more comfortable with it mm-hmm. but there is still like you know your phone voice and your right. meeting voice you know <laughs> and like persona yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's been um like just nice to to dig into humanity in a human form mm-hmm. um. But I guess on that note, that virtual platform is almost like a nice kind of easing in, isn't it? Like to get yeah. to know someone. And then when you see them in real life, um, you know, you're kind of like, ah, oh, like I, I do know you. I have this background. Yeah. And like I feel kind of like, hey, you know, it's, it's, like trailer, it's good to meet you. Know? you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Have you had those experiences a lot? Like virtual uh, to in real yeah, life? Yeah. I mean, I guess I haven't seen that many of them actually translate, to be fair. I think you're an example of that. Like through this project, I, I've met a lot of people, a lot of the guests on the show I, I've never met. I had no prior understanding of, interaction with, which which definitely has been fun. And sometimes that's, that's hard. Sometimes it kind of falls flat and you, and you maybe assume that things will come together, that there'll be a, a chemistry and a conversation somewhat organically but sometimes it doesn't and sometimes that digital divide is kind of awkward and you're like man it takes a minute to really (laughs) get a conversation going and i think we always get our momentum eventually but a lot of times and this is i guess just some some self-criticism that i feel like in episodes it it, you need like 15 20 minutes to really establish that when like Mm -hmm. people that i'm speaking with that i already know you kind of can just jump right in and and you have Mm -hmm. it's it's hard to establish that and I think with the people that I have had that from the start, that's always super exciting. And you're like, oh, well, like this, we just went right in and we just met, uh, which is, which is definitely cool. But yeah, I haven't, I've been, I've been looking forward to, I guess on a couple of occasions, people that I've met that live abroad or, or, or live in, in different places to sort of bridge that gap eventually and, and to, to see how that translates and all of that. But I haven't had so many opportunities where it's like we met purely digitally and then uh yeah kind of got to the point i guess i never did like a lot of online dating or anything so yeah. i know it's maybe more of a common experience now where you like yeah. get to know someone online or whatever and then you have that moment of truth of like is this is there a real connection here is this how does this meet up with my expectations but yeah it's it's been relatively new for me so it's it's definitely interesting and i i guess i'll leave a tab in it for the future I'll, I recently started therapy for the first time mm-hmm. in my life and in a few weeks we'll be actually meeting my therapist for the first time, which I think will be a very interesting experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know what it'll be like. And I was honestly pretty resistant for a time to doing it remotely because I just, for a lot of the reasons that you just highlighted, I was, I was a little skeptical of, of doing something that intimate and that mm-hmm. emotional Mm-hmm. remote you know over a camera and with 
yeah, relying on internet connection and, and the yeah, fact that you could, yeah. you could be in the middle of something really important and you could just like drop out. Oh, or yeah. That. I get like unnecessarily frustrated when someone can't understand me due to like, you know, audio, you mm -hmm. know, like phone audio. Like if I have to repeat myself right. more than once, I get, and I hate that I'm frustrated. Mm -hmm. It's, oh my God, that negative feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I avoided therapy online for a while because of that too. I mm -hmm. was like, I'm going to end up getting pissed. This is not going to work. Like, it's going to be anti-therapy. Right. How has it been? Uh, it's It's been good. I mean, it's it's really just started, to be fair. And so it's mm -hmm. it's been really two sessions at this point. And a lot of that has just been laying a very basic foundation because I have a situation that's, that's very complex. And, mm -hmm. and there's a lot to and a lot that I've experienced in the past couple of years with it. So, yeah, a lot of it has just been kind of trying to establish a rapport and, and mm -hmm. get an understanding of my situation and, and it has been generally quite helpful but i feel like it's uh, i can acknowledge that it's just beginning and mm -hmm. so a lot of the more the, the deeper and more difficult work is, is still yet to come but mm -hmm. i'm i'm sort of excited to be able to potentially do that in person as well because i feel like for me that will translate a lot better mm -hmm. but yeah it, it did take a little bit of a an internal push to to go for it and to, to try it remotely. Cause I was just like, ah, I do a lot of this remote stuff. And, and sometimes I get really frustrated with it. Like you said, and <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm naturally quite self-spoken. And so I'm always having to repeat myself. <laughs> and so I'm a pretty patient person generally, but I also, do, I'm used to repeating myself all the time and it does get frustrating <laughs> where like, you feel like it's not quite translating. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll, we'll see how it ultimately goes and, and how that, that sort of matches up in this very, there's just an interesting dynamic between, you know, I guess a, a therapist and a, and a client that I think that'll be a very good case study for what we're talking about mm -hmm. as far as actually meeting each other for the first time and sort of seeing what that's like compared to, to what it's been. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so were you kind of happy with the the starting, the launching point of being virtual or you would have rather go right into being in person and have that kind of connection? Was it like a stepping stone or is it a hindrance? Yeah, no, I, I actually talked to my wife about that a bit and I didn't even really consider the fact that it could be a stepping stone because for me, yeah, I personally, that's just maybe not how my brain works, right? I didn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't really looking for a stepping stone, even though it's something that I'd never done. It wasn't something I was really resistant to in principle. It was just, it was just that I never had. And so she mentioned like, oh, like I feel like for a lot of people, it's kind of nice to start therapy or like to even do therapy period remotely because you can like be in your own space and you can be comfortable. And there's a little bit of a disconnect in a way, which I think for some people is almost a good thing or they're able to be a little bit more open or vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And that's just, I, I never really considered it in that yeah. sort of way. Yeah. And uh yeah. So, so for me, it was really just by necessity. And I, I happened to find a therapist who had had a very similar experience to, to what I am currently dealing with and mm -hmm. worked explicitly with people um, in that sort of situation and, and just had a lot of unique kind of specific knowledge. And so upon a, a little bit of back and forth, it was like, I feel like it's worth it to explore this, to, to be able to speak with someone who, who can relate on this level, even yeah. though it, it wasn't quite ideal or I was looking to find someone in person, but it sort of worked out that we discussed it as like, okay, soon enough, that'll be an option, but I think it would be a good place to start. So I was like, all right, I'll, 
I'll, I'll concede. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, the nuance of, of human relationship, isn't it? You know, there's that mm-hmm. in-person, that energy kind of thing, but then the compatibility mm-hmm. aspect, which you definitely find in therapy as well. You know, it's, it's, it, it's a relationship to a different mm-hmm. degree, you know, but so right. if you're not compatible, it's not a good fit, then it's not going to work. Right. So yeah. finding kind of where that fits in. Um, it is, I, I do think there's a pretty clear line though, you know, of like the feeling, uh, no, I say that, but I'm, you know, you mentioned mm-hmm. how your wife thought that there are some people who are more comfortable with that. I think I just like tend to be on the same side of the spectrum as you is I'm definitely going to be more comfortable in person, mm-hmm. but I forget there are people that aren't, right. you know, um, cause I'm thinking like, um, to, to come to this podcast with you, I, I had, you know, we had gotten together recently and I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm in a little bit of a funny mind space. Mm. But when we sit down and sit, you know, with, with a group and we can talk, I, I'm very comfortable. Mm. And so it's very different than thinking right. of doing something online, right? Mm. I think So this has been a unique experience, I think, to level playing fields in a way almost. I think mm. there's been a lot of communication, you know, throughout the pandemic of introverts and extroverts, you know, like some people have thrived yeah. <laughs> in this kind of setting where others haven't. But it's given everybody, I guess, a little bit of a chance to experience the world in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you can, you know, take the positives out of it too. I'm thinking, um, I, I, I listened to this podcast recently, um, the Brene Brown Unlocking Us, an episode with Esther mm-hmm. Perel, which blew my mind. I've, I've been talking about it nonstop since I've listened <laughs> to it um, like four times, honestly. It's oh, just wow. really dense. Yeah. yeah. So much information. And Esther Perel is a therapist as well. And she says that with like so much virtual interaction, she's able to like bring someone in. Like she'll ask her clients, who's someone that you're interested um, in getting closer with? And they can just pop in to part of a mm-hmm. session, you know? And so like, yeah. so I thought it was really, yeah, I thought it was really nice how she just like dug into the possibilities of mm-hmm. it, you know? And so like, maybe we do have less of an aspect of that, you know, that, that physical, you know, that, that physical connection you know where mm-hmm. we have each other's energy where we have a presence you know right. but what else can we actually dig into on new levels you know what what is the new door that this opens up mm-hmm. um yeah that's fascinating i hadn't really thought about that but mm-hmm. it i think that is it often just takes some sort of an outside perspective to, to see those things to see like okay there's there's always opportunities mm-hmm. there's always ways to leverage things that appear as problems and then you can always even uh-huh. in situations that seem quite Grim. There's always things that, if if people keep a relatively open mind, you can you can see it as, I guess, evolution versus development, right? But I think those two things often get a little bit conflated. That say more about that. Uh, yeah. So that de- development can, I guess, evolution more so in in the way that people use it in speech versus purely scientific, but I think scientific as well, uh, generally denotes like progress, right? That it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's an improvement mm-hmm. that when something is evolving, it is, it is taking on a, 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 a better, more fit form. Whereas development, development can be in any direction, okay. anything that can develop, cancer can develop, mm-hmm. right? That, um, yeah, it's, they, they often get a little bit confused where you say like, oh, something is changing. That's often we often assume it's for good, right? Yeah. That it's like, oh, we're we're evolving. It's like you, you could be developing something negative. It's perfectly possible. But yeah, I, I guess all that to say, I think it's it's often a, a matter of framing to mm-hmm. to decide which which one is which. So I guess that adds another layer of ambiguity. But but still, I think it's often hard to decide how we feel about things and and to say like, is is this 
is therapy now being remote, that being an option? Is that is that evolution or is this just a, a more broad scale development that that it would be the digital divide in general, social media, whatever, anything in that space where you're like, is this, are we improving? Is this progress? Is this but just change? But can I make the argument that evolution oftentimes is based off of random happenstances, mm. some sort of, you know, genetic change sequence yeah. occurrence that maybe wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so in response to that, something becomes stronger, right? Mm. I mean, you know, who, who's who's to say what is the best thing other than the circumstance that mm. they fit into, correct? Right. So couldn't we say that something is just developing, but we choose to evolve with it? Do, do you know what I mean? We didn't, you know, we didn't, we mm. didn't ask for this circumstance to right. be here. So maybe it is a negative circumstance in general. Mm-hmm. But couldn't we utilize it and turn right. that into something positive and then and survive and thrive within it, even mm-hmm. if it is negative? Yeah, no, I mean, I, in a human sense, definitely yes. Uh-huh. Right? I think I think I, I understand where you're coming from, and I think as as Homo sapiens, that's that's where we want to be. We want to yes. be in that space of walking that line and deciding uh, how much is is within our control and 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 how much of our own perspectives and in framing matters and and how can we just meet everything where it is if you will but at the same time on the more strictly evolutionary side i guess maybe where that line becomes more uh bold is yes all in theory all evolution does come from randomness that Mm -hmm. something strange just happens and it's like oh this is actually helpful this Mm -hmm. made this one individual it's allowed them to thrive or reproduce at a rate that uh, outcompeted others around them. And so in a sense, keeping it, I guess, relevant to what we were talking about, if something happened to us as humans, I think we can try to frame it as, as much as we can. But yeah. is it something that is allowing us to be, quote unquote, more fit in our environment? Mm-hmm. Because if it's just a mutation uh, in, in the regular old animal kingdom, if you mm-hmm. will, but it's it's not helpful. It just goes away, right? That, mm-hmm. that individual just dies having an extra leg <laughs> yeah. that they don't need and <laughs> it doesn't improve. But if it's like, oh, like having us, you know, slightly more contoured beak is like actually really good to get into this sort of nut that we never would have. Uh, sure, it's random, but it's it's something that everyone's like, oh, shit, this is, this is sort of unlocking a portal here into a new niche. And I think it certainly applies to us, right? We could we could stumble upon things and this really could be evolution. The, the fact that we've been through all of this and that our lives are becoming more and more virtual and, and more and more digital. It, it, it could be us evolving. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's kind of the crux Please of what no. I'm trying to get at. It's like, are, are we... Do we want it though? Yeah. <laughs> are, are we... It's some sort of, you know, uh, Neuralink situation. I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, it's kind of this project that, that Elon Musk is working on to ultimately sort of link computers and, and individuals brains so that you could basically the goal is almost having a supercomputer in your brain that you could because we're already almost getting there is the principle yeah. with our iphones like everyone has it it's there all the time it's your source of information it's your it, it's like it's a part of you it's an extension yeah, of you know, and so it's more so just you get those ghost vibrations sometimes oh all the time and you're like oh yeah I'm my phone <laughs> on me oh yeah. It's like it knows everything about you. It's 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 always there. And so in theory, it's like he I guess being the sort of futurist, this technologist person is saying, like, let's just lean in and like let's just let's just mold and allow yeah. every individual to have access to all of the information that exists. 
Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a little subjective whether or not. I mean, it would unlock humanity in a way. Like we'd all be brilliant in in essence. We'd all have all the information. We'd all have all the resources, and it would really democratize society in a way. But again, is that is that evolution or is that just development? I, I don't well, know. And on the other hand, I mean. You know, we were, we were just talking about the fact that there is still this kind of virtual presence and, and physical presence, right? Mm. And there's almost like this kind of, there's that barrier of the screen, you mm. know, that you can still uh, kind of create more of a persona than I think is naturally easy in, in real life. Just, um, are you I saying it's easier to create a persona? In virtually, virtually yeah. Okay. I'm just saying I don't I don't know that we would all be connected. I don't know that it would be, you know, unlocked humanity mm. if it's not actual human. Does that make that's yeah. that's the I mean, okay, like, you know, full disclosure, I veer toward the Luddite side of the spectrum. I mean, mm. I'm, you know, I'm definitely a slave to technology, like we all are in this day and age. Yeah. It's so convenient and I rely on it and I'm grateful for it for a, you know, a number of reasons. But I have this kind of notion that technology has a, you know, a, a plateau. It has a peak and then it plateaus. I think it enhances our life up to a certain point. But then at that point, it starts to take from natural life. I I, mm. I just do. That's yeah. that's kind of this viewpoint that I've always well, where's, had. Where's that point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And where is that point? You know, I mean, because like that's I, I love dystopian novels and that's the idea is there is no utopia. You know, you, mm. you try to create this perfection, but it, it can't exist. So there's a certain point where you know, the, the richness of life is, is being taken away. Mm. And, and I mean, you know, the value of life is that it ends to mm. an extent. Right. True. And so that's a question I raise to myself all the time where we're constantly trying to prolong life, you know, and, and uh, to what point, you know, cause I, I don't want to make a statement like, Oh, we shouldn't try to end cancer. You know, my, my own father, you know, has cancer. Mm. So, you know, that then I start to think about myself and, right. and there's children with it. Right. So, but you yeah. go, where's the line then, you know, is there, is there a solid line, mm -hmm. you know? And, yeah. So, you know, where is that? I, I don't know. Um, but I do know that I like humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like the, the messiness <laughs> of it. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I don't know about that one. Um, I always think about Wally. -E. Mm, you ever see that? Flick, yeah. yeah, and you know, at the end, like they're all like riding around on their chairs, <laughs> and like they're not even looking at each other. Right. So, like, yeah, yeah, and for sure. <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't sound yeah. um, like. I'm good. curious because this is something I, I sometimes, maybe I like hyper question within myself as someone who used to be religious. Yeah, same. And, and grew up very religious. I'm always like looking for breadcrumbs for that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. Because they say in theory, you, you never like fully work it out of yourself. Even <laughs> yeah. if you think that you do, it's it's very formative. Yeah. And there's, there's always a little part of you that that maybe has certain beliefs that you, you don't fully recognize. I'm, and I'm, I'm still finding them. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's, oh, yeah. Do I actually, do I actually think that? Right. You know, you got <laughs> Let's question that for yeah. sure. But I, I'm curious because I, in the, in the same way, I, I do... I do relate to what you're saying and it, it kind of brings me back to the brave new world and <laughs> uh that what is his name john whatever his name is the, the savage yeah the, uh -huh. the savage and, and his sort of uh take on everything and where that oh, drives yeah him. i love and that i have that quote it, like picture on my desktop you oh, know when yeah. he says i want you know i want bravery i want god i want poetry i want you know right. all of it but it, it seems like god always gets mm -hmm. kind of worked in there a little bit like in, in every at least like thorough critique, I feel like of 
technology and like this mm-hmm. this idea of forward progress and this idea of going too far whether it's explicit or not does sort of come back to some sort of idea that there's a sanctity there's there's something unique holy about what we are about what is between us that is sort of it's kind of hard to speak to without it right like it's it's yeah. kind of hard to really withstand like a rigorous audit of of that way of thinking without getting back to some idea that that maybe there's there's a little bit of magic about us as humans that isn't necessarily there with other organisms but i don't know if that's oh i well i would actually i would push that there's magic with all like living organisms mm. you know I, I would kind of take what you're saying and, and i I relate to you as someone who was deeply religious and mm-hmm. then kind of stuff out. It's always nice to meet people like that. Yeah. I think it's 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 a rare it's experience. A fun ride, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I have another friend um named Joe who was like that for a long time in his life, but he's about 10 years older than I am. So he's mm-hmm. like 10 years more removed. Right. And he was actually very healing for me because I was like, You're laughing about all this stuff, but like mm-hmm. I'm still embarrassed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it was um just because it's something I don't identify with. Um, but I don't I still like I, the idea of, of um, I, I don't know, a god, but mm. maybe in the sense of nature. I, I like the way the Stoics look at it, actually, where they they equate god to nature. Mm. Um, and so they use the word god, but it's like just kind of this overarching kind of um, right. ecosystem you know, that we're part of. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. You know, but it's like we're, we're, we all kind of take part in that. And so they often relate it in this sense of, you know, we need to know what our purpose is and what we are and that we're taking part in a bigger whole, mm-hmm. you know, and let everybody yeah. have their own purpose and fulfill, you know, what, what they are. Um, and that brings me to a topic that I was telling you I'm very interested in all the time right now, which is biomimicry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of biomimicry is to um, like mimic natural life. And so I think I'm I'm hesitant toward technology as well. I'm, I'm um, really interested in sustainability, but I just, I like natural. I, mm-hmm. I just do. Um, and I like it because it's so connected with the earth, which we are part of, right? And so mm-hmm. the idea of biomimicry is the earth has um, like 3.8 billion years of research and design and it's mm-hmm. doing, it's doing well, you yeah. know, it's, it's cyclical. It, it's it, trying, it, yeah. Yes, I was, yeah. <laughs> it, it's doing well. Yeah. You know, our part in that is, you know, maybe something we need to re-examine. And I say sure. our part in that because I think, so many people will look at it like, oh, we're a cancer, we're a plague to the mm-hmm. earth. And I, I disagree. We are part of the earth system. You know, we are a natural being as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I like, <laughs> um, I, I veer toward the, the Luddite side, as I said, for maybe that reason is I don't want to forget my, where I come from. You know, we mm-hmm. come from the elements of the earth that comes from the stars. We are, we are bred into this earth system like everything else, right. you know? And so it's a matter of figuring out how to strike that balance. It's like, we have a puzzle before us. We have all the pieces we need we just have yeah. to arrange them you know in the right way and, and nature does that really well yeah. you know living within the means of its resources providing for everyone and finding incredibly creative solutions like mm. you know immaculate gorgeous you know harnessing complexity in the most simplest form right yeah. and it's beautiful when you look at it um and i think that we might get in our own way a little bit of technology. Um, I think technology can be really useful. And I guess mm-hmm. that's where I find that balance, right? Where is it taking away from life? Where is it um, enhancing life? And right. so, you know, biomimicry defines it as you're enhancing life if, if you're conducive to life. Mm-hmm. You know, is what you're doing making it possible for other things to continue doing what they're doing? Right. You know, are you partaking in the system? Are you enjoying yourself, but also making sure that everything else is is able to be cared for, you know, you're not encroaching onto someone else's, mm. 
rights of life yeah. <laughs> by your existence. Um, and I guess that's a bit of where my, my hesitancy for technology comes from. I think, you know, you can use it in many different ways. And my brother said to me a while ago, cause I was very hesitant about it. And he was like, you can be hesitant, but you're not going to stop it. He was like, this train is <laughs> yeah. going. He's like, it's... you can get on board and steer it the direction you want, or you can watch it pass by, you know? Mm. And, uh, so I, you know, I, I don't think technology is bad by any means, sure. but I don't know. I, I don't want to just give into it and let it take me away because I, mm. you know, I think it can, and I think we'll lose sight of what we're part of as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, maybe there is a little bit of that God kind of idea in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I, I am a little swept in the magic of things. I think, I think I, I, I like to yeah. be. Yeah. No, I mean, I yeah. think it's very human and, and to be clear, I, I largely agree with you. Yeah. And I think I'm just kind of playing the, the devil's mm -hmm. advocate in this conversation because I, I question these ideas in myself often, oh, yeah. like what is my resistance yeah. really? And if, if we could like, just to push it back a bit, if we could create a world in which we let's just like take it full matrix we're we're chilling on farms right we all of our life is virtual okay and we're you know we're in okay, a little okay. pod we don't actually do anything okay but we're, we're, we're hooked in we're having our experience and that is essentially the extent to which we exist but we have automated our society to a point at which we're able to be incredibly efficient incredibly sustainable and to reproduce let's just even take it to the whole other level we're able to reproduce virtually right we're able to reproduce consciousness on a virtual level so we are we're doing what we're supposed to be doing right evolutionarily mm -hmm. speaking we're, we're thriving and, and replicating in a way that no species ever has we're, we're able to travel in a in an intergalactical sense because of our technology but the only expense is that our our human experience is on average is just kind of uh stagnant right you you yeah. you're sort of complacent but you know it it takes away what we might call the the, the sanctity of life and experience and, and connection because it's all virtual but if it if it feels the same if the experience is the same it's just not real uh is can we really say that that would be worse if we could get there and and i get that that's that's not an, a real question to no, answer per se but that you made me think of something as soon as you started i remember this this conversation i had a few years ago right when when i arrived in spain mm. i made some friends and um the guy his name was robbie and he had a lot of um wild ideas it was sure. yeah really interesting and uh this one it was just it was a little bit mind-blowing at the time i don't know if you'll have the same effect on you but he was mentioning basically this kind of evolution that you could look at the the universe has had right mm. where like you know even if, if you look at the big bang right like out of an explosion yeah. of a star then a world was born then planets are born and you know all of these this kind of growth and development and then people came to be right and so like we're just like a state maybe we're just a stage in the evolution if you take mm. like a wide scope back out yeah. right and you see all the things that have come you know why why did we we think we are at the end of it, mm. <laughs> which was yeah. it, just an interesting thought, um, you know. And so what if we are just preparing for the next stage of things, mm. which is this virtual kind of augmented reality? Yeah. And I couldn't uh, I couldn't dispute it. And, and it was almost beautiful, but I almost felt like I was being played, too. And I didn't like it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh what like i have a right. i'm playing a role here you know yeah you know, it's, it's hard because i <laughs> i resisted myself 
and again, I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, just kind of being like, yeah. what, what really is, is my, what, what is my resistance? And it's even, it's kind of similar to this whole like naturalistic fallacy, which is this idea that we, not everyone, but, but some have this idea that like things that are natural are good. Right? Yeah. And then we tend to say, well, it's, it's natural. And so that's like, oh, well, that's all I needed to know. It's yes. natural. But there, it's it's funny how we, we jump to just sort of moralize everything, uh, yeah. unnecessarily so. And if we're going to moralize things, I mean, so much of what is natural is, is fucking horrific. You know, <laughs> like what what uh, what our species is kind of at its roots, what, what other species do. And when we look at it and we say, well, they're just animals, but everyone is just sort of acting on their nature and yeah. and our, our nature is is violent our nature is is so many things that we through society have, have tried to work out of ourselves and, yeah. and, and create frameworks around to to not have happen but again you don't even necessarily have to moralize it but to take on that perspective you also have to say that all the things that happen in nature based on instinct are good and that's that's one hell of a stance to take. But yeah. All, all that to say, I think it's, we do have this, and when I say we, maybe people who take this perspective to some extent that generally things that are natural, we like feel a connection to that. We're like, this would be a more natural way of doing things. Mm -hmm. Or like, this is a more natural conversation that we're having yeah. here because we're in person and we're not, we're not, uh, you know, doing this over uh, screens. But yeah, I always just question that attachment that we have to to natural things, even natural foods or oh, yeah. things like that. Where... Well, and and I'll give you a perspective. I do. Um, I'm in textiles mm -hmm. um, by trade, I guess. Um, and that's an interesting topic. Textiles, and I'm really interested in sustainability and biomimicry. Um, and it's a huge conversation in textiles. It happens to be like you know one of the the more contaminating, um, polluting kind of uh, mm -hmm. energy consuming yeah. um, industry. So there's a lot of conversation, a lot of dialogue around that. Um, and, and there is a lot of greenwashing and that is a, a great case, mm -hmm. you know, natural because people buy into it. Yeah. But then you have to, there's a lot of different parts of the, you know, the, the value chain, we would say, right, that you have to look at. Mm -hmm. And so like there's there's natural fibers that right. require a lot of water and energy oh, yeah. to produce and they're renewable, right? You have all these buzzwords, natural, renewable, mm. right? But it's like, okay, but let's dig into what's the context of it. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and, and is there another way to go about that, that is somehow using less energy, you know, and isn't damaging, you know, mm. just because something is natural or is, right. you know, renewable or is X, Y, or Z, you know, which kind of brings us into like that label idea um you know like like a label is a good way to understand something but not necessarily to define it it's not the end all be all right, right? like we can understand if i say natural you get that means it comes from the earth but mm -hmm. we've now associated it with meaning it's good you know right. you know it's but it's it's just a label you've got mm -hmm. to dig a little bit deeper to actually know what's going on behind the scenes so i, I love that you do dig deeper you ask yourself these questions yeah <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's hard to, I mean, not that I ought to fight it, but it's it's more so uh, being an observer of it, right? And instead of having like just blatant uh, resistance to to anything, I feel like it's sometimes hard a hard space to be in as more just an observer of experience versus a like I think sometimes we we have these tendencies where it's like okay, this is what's naturally coming up inside of me, and I either like my perspective is to embrace it or or my perspective is to push it down or yes. away. And and opposed to doing that, just being like, 
let me try to take a bird's eye view here. Pretend like this isn't me. You know, I'm just watching a nature documentary and I'm just like, hey, this is a human. And let's just see, let's see what the different dimensions of this I, are. I'm blown away that you're mentioning this. I was just talking to my partner about it and he had that whole, that same statement, the observer. Um, and I think he had read it in a book and it was mm. the idea was like the separation of what if you aren't the thoughts in your head, but the one who hears the thoughts in your head, mm. you are the observer, right? And yeah. so it's, it's that step back, exactly what you're saying, which is the idea of meditation as well, right? To let your thoughts mm. go past you and actually just take them in before deciding what to do with them. But just, you're, you're just watching it go by, you know, you're, you're just taking in a part of you, but it's not you. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. beautiful. It's a bit of a rabbit hole, but it's definitely something that, as you kind of said, it, it ties heavily into the, the entire premise of of mindfulness, meditation, and all of that, and just sort of trying to work towards more so being an observer and, and more so not just not identifying with anything and, and not necessarily resisting anything at all, because resistance implies some sort of moralizing of it, right? That you're like, oh, my my natural tendencies are bad, so I need to keep those in check, or like uh not doing what i would do naturally is is somehow uh unhuman and 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 it has negative consequences i think we we tend to fall on either side of that i was going to say naturally but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's hard to kind of walk that line sometimes and i, I definitely it's, it's it's hard because i think as someone who in a similar way maybe not so much explicitly in regards to biomimicry but just evolutionary biology as as a whole I tend to try to view my life through that sort of a lens where I'm always just sort of trying to better understand where things came from and, mm -hmm. and how, how we got here and, and why we are this way as a species. And as, as opposed to identifying with my personal experience so much, just being like, I'm just any human, like anyone else. I'm just the one I know the best. Mm -hmm. And, but I, I'm assuming that most of it is quite similar to what other people experience. And it's, it's generally, quite useful but at times there's just there's just ambiguity and you're not always going to be able to trace things back you're not always going to be able to to reason through things but yeah it's it's in my daily life i often do find myself kind of being like ah, i mean i want to lean more towards what is natural i feel mm -hmm. like there's a part of me that feels that and again i don't know if that's some sort of quasi-religious you know <laughs> easter egg that was planted in my brain where i'm like there's there's something there's something holy about what I am and that has to be preserved instead of being like, hey, I'm just like a pig or I'm I, I, I'm just like an amoeba. Or I'm, I'm just like a clam. And if we were to talk this way about a clam's behavior, I mean, that would be absurd, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. To be like, technology is bad for clams. You know, but we just be like, are, it, is it? Is it better for like? Are there more clams now? There, yeah. Is that 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 would be our yeah, question? Yeah, yeah. The only thing we have to really is, like quantify how well they are, right? Is what is the clam how, population yeah. looking like? Um, and I guess that maybe gets it back to a point I was trying to make earlier and never got to is I I try to look through things through the lens more than anything else of like, or is it is it net positive or negative in regards to human suffering, right? And I think that's one that was presented to me a few years back and it has generally held up until now as far as just like a compass of sorts as something that you can probably it's pretty reliable that you can at least ask that question and and 
either intuit or uh, reason through an answer. And and I think which question is that? The, the question of is it is it reducing suffering? Mm-hmm. And I think we can apply that to technology here, where it's like at the end of the day, is it is it net positive in that regard? Are we reducing the amount of suffering that individuals experience? Because do we want to reduce suffering, and to what extent? That's 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 sure. the question, no, right? Of like hedonism as well. When I think about, I was talking to someone about this the other day, you know, and I was like, well, aren't we all natural hedonists? You know, if we, if we do just like follow our, our id, you know, mm. as Freud might put it, you know, right. or some Lord of the flies here, you know, if we, if we just kind of let go to what our natural desires are, aren't we all hedonist? Um, but there, there is a large population of people and, and I, often subscribe but maybe not always to the idea you know that that you actually your level of joy is often you know equated to the amount of of endurance you know Mm. that you have right like you feel it's like you know that's why we like working out right like it it hurts and it's hard Mm. and it doesn't feel good but then it feels really good right right and so like how much suffering do we want Mm. to eliminate yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a fair question for sure. And it's one I dig into a lot. And I think a lot of it is, I think there, there's always going to be that question of sustainability as well. Mm-hmm. Like, is it, is it suffering now, right, right now, uh, that in, in theory in, in the future will be positive or, or is it, yeah. is it, uh, you know, is it, explicitly part there, of the yeah, equation. Yeah, there's some bad right? suffering too. Yeah, we yeah, can admit. <laughs> no, no, there's plenty of bad suffering. And I think like when you can put it in simple terms and maybe that's what I was trying to get to is like, um, you know, extreme poverty. Yeah. That's that's suffering that we we want to be able to mitigate. Uh, and again, I, I need no uh, you know, sort of further explanation of why yeah. that is the case. But at, at the same time, I certainly take your point and largely agree that that life is in the life is in the ebb and flow, and and that we we do to some degree have to suffer to to appreciate what is good about life. But I think maybe the idea is that life is suffering, right? That that, that life is that the suffering is guaranteed in life. So we're never. It is maybe predicated on the idea that we're not that's not a problem we need to worry about maybe as far as eliminating suffering period because we're not going to do that but raising the floor of what that can be like sort of cutting out the extremes of the human experience maybe dealing with suffering too right mm -hmm. like can we can we suffer in a way that is not only palpable but um helpful Mm -hmm. in our prolonged joy does that make sense if we do need suffering but can we can we kind of tailor it and work with it and and build up? It's not like I'm trying to avoid suffering, but I want to be prepared. I want to go into it ready mm. to soften that blow and to catch myself right. and to and to work through it and to and to take the good from it. Right? Mm. I don't know. That's what I thought. Yeah. No. I mean, and again, I think I I largely agree with you here. I think it's just a matter of, I think when you like maybe get laser focused on something specific, it becomes a little bit more obvious and sometimes a little more complicated. Where it's like, okay, if we could just eliminate cancer, yeah, which you already write up, it seems like, well, what's what's the negative there? Yeah, but <laughs> and, and it, it's not to say that let's just say someone like my mother, for instance, it derives a lot of of good and resilience from her experience with cancer, right? It's it's not to say that that isn't the case. It's not to say that there isn't a way to positively frame mm-hmm. any sort of suffering, and it's not that there's. Uh, 
a limit to what sort of suffering can be viewed as something positive, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can look at the most grotesque instances of human suffering in history, and there's there's always been people who who have been resilient through that. And I think that is something that is fundamentally human to to persevere through that in in the name of some sort of uh, in the name of something, really. And I think a lot of it has been religious. A lot of it has been. Uh, in, in the name of love or whatever it may be, when people have a compass, they have a story, they have something that drives them, we can endure anything mm-hmm. and, and it can have positive outcomes. But at the same time, if we're looking at the world and we're saying, what, where do we want to move towards? We want to move towards a world in which there aren't child soldiers, right? You know, yes. things, things like that. And, and um those seem like easy targets. And when you get to something like technology, it gets much more nebulous where it's like, is that, are, 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 is this a direct correlate with uh, mental health issues becoming more uh, prevalent? Yeah. More prevalent? Maybe. And is that something that is, is worth the, the potential benefit? Because there's always going to be benefits and uh, right. you know, negative, if you will. It's just, it's hard to run that equation of is it is it balancing itself out if it is that's probably fine but if it's if it's not if it's out of balance maybe it's good maybe it's evolution if it's not then then maybe it's just development and and we ought to reevaluate it but again i think maybe evolutionary biology tells us isn't it isn't it all evolution <laughs> because <laughs> why would it be happening if it wasn't in a way pushing us in some sort of more actualized direction not that obviously species go extinct right species get to a point where they can no longer thrive within their environment and and that could easily happen to humans uh okay what if we are like bringing ourselves to our own demise and we don't know it and what if the dinosaurs did something to attract that comet too what if they they had the warning signs (laughs) i'm like a huge huge dino nut uh way too much soul for any adult and uh so I'm I'm constantly pondering what happened to the dinosaurs. And I think there's more there than than we know, for sure. I, I, I think there. Oh man, I had a crazy theory about this once, and I'm not going to remember on the spot. But if it comes back around, I'll at least loop you in on it. To yeah. our audience, you might not get it, but yeah, I mean, I think it's very possible that we are, we are just like, on our way. You know, we're on our way out, and we don't even know it. I we I mean, in a way, we kind of easily could have been many times ever since we introduced uh, nuclear bombs to the (laughs) equation at at any point this all could have been over and as soon as we made that step as soon as we developed existential risk of that degree Uh we we that's that's unprecedented as far as we know in as, as far as life on earth maybe even life in the universe that a species got to a point where it could obliterate itself and its own planet in an instant that's good. That's a kind of new yeah, precipice wow. that we're on as a species. And we've been on it since, you know, the, the 40s or late 30s or whenever that was made. And uh, we, we don't always live as though we are. And we still are working with our nuclear policies from that time, which is a whole other issue that I, I'm very interested in because it's fucking insane yeah, wow. that, <laughs> that we still live that way, that like one person could just be like, let's do this. <laughs> and that would just be it on the whole human experiment. But... Yeah, strange times. Oh yeah, oh, that's got my <laughs> mind spinning. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this could all end at any time. 100%. I mean, it could. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's been kind of the the challenge of the whole pandemic is that reality. Once again, yeah. I was just thinking, like I'm, I've been thinking lately about the way times, you know, the the times like influence our art and and what we're desiring to take mm-hmm. in. I was listening to a podcast and no, yeah, well that, but also it was related to I watched. Um, uh, little women the mm, new version yeah. it was cute and she takes a story and to be printed and he was like we're getting out of a war take away this like moral stuff like they kiss in the end and that's the end mm. of it and he's like Dude, people don't want to be moralized too right, right now like we're coming out of hard times and i i hadn't really thought so much about that um mm. about how you know your circumstance defines what you want to be taking in right um you know and then and so therefore what art is being produced and so i just found myself going down this track in my head of like I wonder if, you know, during, during the cold war, when, when that was like the reality, you know, of Mm -hmm. like, wow, we, you know, we can kind of face the end at any point Were people looking at it that way, you know, were were they having, you know, is everybody having this kind of existential crisis? Was it this, you know, united, um, kind of realization Mm -hmm. that anything can go wrong at any time? Maybe not to the degree as this one, because it did actually go wrong (laughs) at any time, you know, but what was kind of the overall atmosphere after that, you know, is it were people as heavily affected? Was it this overall liberation of like, wow, it didn't happen? Or this like new mm-hmm. boldness of like, well, if it can end any time, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to k- kiss Gotta the guy up, or, yeah. you know, or, you know, kiss the girl or get the, you know, start the business or, sure. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's where my, that's where my mind yeah. went as you were. No, I, mean, I think it's a, a unique space that maybe in, in a different way will have access to a, a different, I guess, maybe state of being. People who have experienced this, who have lived through this time, and I, I think it's in many ways different, but to some degree similar to, and I guess in a way we're still living through it, as I was saying, <laughs> we still live on that. Yeah, we're still thinking, we're trying to get out of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this idea that I was like, you know, you had the drills in school, like kids who grew up in that era, and it was just like, anytime. They, you know, right. Like that was just a totally normalized thing. And talking people just cover like that was going to stop my talking bombs. Anyway. I guess that was just for children to, to just feel, feel safe. a little better yeah. about it. But you were just oh, living children, on yeah. the edge. But then people just got used to it, even as they kind of have now. I mean, yeah. it hasn't even been two years. And, and people generally have, have adapted at this point or at least tried to, uh, whether it be they, they've coped in, in sort of positive or negative ways everyone has had to adapt and and everyone has changed through this experience to to live in a slightly different way or to occupy a space in the world in a slightly different way and so it seems like people have this extreme capacity to adjust which i think is mm-hmm. is, is a beautiful thing in a way mm-hmm. in humans and in all of nature that you you give us time and and, and we can work it out with pretty much any circumstance mm-hmm. and i think that's often the credit we don't give ourselves in life is we we assume that that change is something we won't be able to adapt to <laughs> we assume that if, if everything went wrong in an instant that it wouldn't ultimately be okay but so often in life things do change in very significant ways but we don't even realize the ways in which we adapt to them because we just get used to it and it just becomes it's this homeostasis that we yeah. that we crave on even just like a cellular level i mean maybe that's I'm I'm not being totally scientific there, but I think the the analogy works that we we do crave this this stability and we find it yeah. even in the most extreme. Well, and I'm thinking so like I I personally am going through my own like microcosm change, you know, mm-hmm. within the whole world constant change where I have come back to to living in the states after having lived in Spain for 
a few years. Um, and it, it's been, it's been difficult. It's, it's mm -hmm. quite a transition. Yeah. Um, and I am, I'm, I don't know, um, insatiably curious, I suppose I describe myself and, and in wonder of life. So I'm always trying to dig into more and seek mm -hmm. more. So I have changed quite a bit. I, you know, I've lived in, in different States and different, you know, um, in, in Spain a, a couple different times I've started, you know, living abroad mm -hmm. at 17 and kind of bounced around a lot right. after that. Um, and it's always difficult. Um, but I always do make it through and I forget how difficult it was. And mm -hmm. then the next <laughs> time I get to it and it's difficult again. Um, but I, I tend to be very tenacious, mm -hmm. um, as a, an act of stubbornness, I, I think more than anything. Um, and you know, there have been times when it's been hard when I, you know, I was living in Spain the, um, early on and I think my parents are like, you know, it's, it's not giving up if you want to come home. And I was like, well, <laughs> no, I know, but yeah, it is, you know, but so anyway, yeah. <laughs> so I choose to stay. Um, and I always do what I mean, what I want to say is I always do adapt and I always mm -hmm. do make it through. And then I end up really happy where I am. I, I settle into that new context. I, I find my identity in that. I feel like I know myself even deeper. It's even better. Right. But it is hard. But I always have the option to undo the change I did. You know, mm -hmm. I do always have the option to go home or, 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 right. or crawl back or cancel or quit or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, I just I just don't take it. Um, and, it and it does make me better. But I do think about it. Yeah. You know, I question, should I go back? And it adds an extra layer of challenge the whole thing but this experience has been non-negotiable mm -hmm. you know you we are all going through change right. and you will adapt or you won't you know but there's no going back there's mm -hmm. no you know crawl, crawling back and, and not having to deal with the change so mm -hmm. yeah this this really has kind of given everybody um a new perspective at how adaptable they are i think right yeah, and I mean, I guess it kind of comes back to this idea of of evolution and, and development in a way mm -hmm. that, like, you you will adapt, right? Mm -hmm. but you you just will. It might be maladaptive, if you will. <laughs> like, it, it, it might not be what you consider positive, but you will adapt. Like, your circumstances will change you. There's there's no if ands or buts about that, and so you can either at least attempt to take it in stride. And, or you can fight it, and, and it'll just you won't cope well. Yeah, it won't really serve you well. And I, I mean, I can empathize with that being a difficult space to be in, but I think sometimes there is this illusion that if you just like try to hang on, that things will remain the same, but that it just. No. And, and I've been realizing just lately too, like if you truly want to live well, it takes intentionality. Um, that podcast I already mentioned with Brene Brown, she, she said that she felt that she was um, like doing her best effort to be a better mother than she had, or just, you know, parent better than, than it was for her. And, and that takes a lot of effort that takes education mm -hmm. and, um, and awareness and growth and, you know, constant though, taking it in and considering other people. Right. So mm -hmm. I started realizing that like, you know, I, if I want to live well, like that, it's up to you. It really mm -hmm. is, you know, and we're in an age, thanks to technology yeah. that we have an immense amount of resources. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that the other day. This is kind of sidetracked, but hear me out. Like, you, you know, we all look at these videos now. We're we're millennials, but like mm -hmm. Gen Z, they like at like 14, they look like 30. They have like perfect makeup, right? <laughs> sure. You've seen all these videos. Yeah. Like this was me when I was like a teenager, you know, oh, like yeah. the blue, you know, <laughs> eyeshadow and the, you know, and it's just kind of a mess. And I look at, yeah, I look at my pictures and then kids today. And, but I think part of it is this access to information, yeah. you know, like, well, I didn't know how to do makeup at yeah. that age. I was, you know, just taking my best stab at it, which was trash. Yeah. No, but, adults um, are more mature, but they, they don't have any more information really than the kids do. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
I don't even know why I started that one. I got uh, myself down uh, the, the rabbit hole of makeup <laughs> tutorials, which I already watched. Yeah, that brings <laughs> us to the true topic of today's discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to apply your lipstick. <laughs> um, uh, but I was always saying that we, I don't know, I don't even know. No, can you bring I'll me back? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't tell you where you were going, but I can bring you back. Um, but yeah, I'll just pivot back to something that I was going to ask you about anyways. <laughs> and I was curious because it's curious that I use the word curious, but <laughs> I consider myself a rather curious person as yeah. well. But you describe yourself as insatiably curious. Mm-hmm. Is that ever a problem for you? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. <laughs> I would just like to hear more about that. Just the way you said it, I was like, hmm, <laughs> is insatiable ever totally possible? You know, like, I, mm. I was just curious how you think about that. Um. Yeah, well, that's something I I talk about um, at times too. I do think that we have traded um, the art of contentment for the power of choice. You know, mm. we we have the power to choose right now. Like we have information mm. at our fingertips all the time right. um, to dive back into that. Let me leave it. Um, so we we always know there's more out there. Or there's something different out there, right? And mm. that makes it that that brings up that idea of FOMO. You know, there's right. that fear of missing out. Um, and there's a lack of contentment with what we do have. Right. And that is a, a paradox that I think I straddle mm. um, and find myself kind of wavering in uh, within that, you know, wondering, well, there could always be something different. You know, I could always, you know, go somewhere else or try something different. And, mm. and then, well, okay, but then am I focusing and actually enjoying what is right here in front of me is kind mm. of that question. Um, so that's, that's just a, a line I think I'm trying to find. And, and, on that note, I've been thinking a lot about about those paradoxes um, and about those cycles. And I, I think there are times when I am very curious and I want to run and explore and see and mm-hmm. dig in. Um, and when I do, I'm incredibly satisfied um, yeah. and, and rewarded by the experiences that I have opened myself to. But I think there are times when I do just enjoy and sit back and want that, um, that, that pleasure of contentment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm... I'm learning as a person, I think that we all have these different paradoxes, the different sides of us, and maybe we lean one more, one side more than the other, but we do kind of flow and move in and out. Um, and I always give the example, it's, it's kind of silly, but you know, like when I was in college, uh, if I was in studying a lot, I would think, oh, I'm wasting my youth. I should be out, you know, I should mm. be drinking and partying and, or yeah. just, you know, getting into some shenanigans, you know, bring on the, the tomfoolery. But then if I was, I was like, well... This is too foolish. Right. I need to like reel it in. Let me like make use of my degree and my time here. And so it was like, you know, no matter where I was, I thought I should be in the opposite. And then I did mm-hmm. eventually get to the opposite. Uh, <laughs> and then I thought I should be in the other place, you know, again. And so it's just this constant chasing of the tail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm I'm learning. Uh, maybe I, I more than other people, but I don't think so, have have intense paradoxes inside of me, you know, mm-hmm. and and they're okay. And I think they cause trouble when we fight them more than anything. I, I There's there's limitations naturally. <laughs> sure. You know, we have to kind of keep ourselves in check um, and understand the, the limits of what we want to do. But I, I say that to say, I, I yeah, it, it's inside my insatiable uh, curiosity, I think can be a challenge if I don't just ride my own wave, you know, mm. um, and kind of welcome the experiences that I'm looking for in healthy doses. Cause I think there's been times when I've sought a good story, 
Mm. And, you know, maybe put myself in a place where I'm like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know that I actually want to be here. I don't Mm. know that I actually made this choice or was I just like, just trying to dig into that curiosity, Mm. you know? And it's like, well, if if it wasn't me, then, then what was it? Mm. But this desire to be insatiably curious, maybe right now I do just want to take it easy and chill and I should listen to that, you know? And so kind of Mm. riding those, um, those waves, that's, that's a cycle, a cyclical thing I've been thinking about lately, especially with ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we get up and we get down and, and just letting it kind of be is mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> a much more natural, ah, here we are, a much more natural way mm-hmm. to handle it. And that one, I think in that case does usually feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely relatable. And, and again, I'm, I'm an intensely curious person myself. <laughs> and I think being curious is one of the best things that you can be not to like pat myself on the back but it's it's what i enjoy about my life that i I have a certain curiosity and that i'm i'm never bored and that i I find almost everything interesting in some dimension but at the same time i do i do sometimes go down that rabbit hole of like are there and and i'm curious how you feel about like are are there doors not worth opening right are are there Mm. is it is it is there curiosity for curiosity's sake is is anything that we can discover that we, that we can learn that, that we can uh, that can be revealed to us a truth that we can find like is there that that tipping point if you will as you kind of insinuated earlier is, is there a point at which we might get too curious about our our own minds our own capacity as a species our, our own mm. consciousness whatever that we, we we open up you know that black box and it's it's something that we we, we should have kept in there and then and then w- what do we do but yeah. I guess to keep it more human, like are there things about ourselves? Like I, I certainly really resonate with the whole concept of like know thyself, right? That That, that is yes. this essential element of, uh, of existence. And that maybe that's, if there is a point that is that, but at the same time is, is there limits to that? And, and would there be, is there a tipping point of, of knowing oneself or understanding oneself too well, understanding others too well, uh, learning things that sort of destabilize or, uh, yeah, maybe that's the word I'll stick with, that, that destabilize us to an extent that we we no longer have the choice, if you will, that we we can't go back and, and take the blue pill or, or the red pill, whichever one <laughs> it is, that we we no longer have the choice to put that information back. And, and I guess it comes from a, a person who, again, is very curious. And mm-hmm. I've done a lot of experimenting in, in that in, in that vein, mm-hmm. where I just did things where I was like, I just want to see what happened. I'm mm-hmm. just going to take this, you know, I, I'm just going to see where this goes. And it always worked out all right for me. But then I got to a point in my life where I was like, fuck, you know, that could have gone very differently. And I've been living in this way, largely because nothing awful has happened to me yet. Yes. But what in the name of what was that risk that I took? Yeah, <laughs> and if that, if that I got a everything. couple thoughts flashed through my mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just curious if if you, if you're someone who's like you just like want all the smoke, you know, you're just like, hey, I'll turn over every stone, and if that's what life is, I'm here for it. Or if you feel like there's maybe a line that you just haven't hit yet. That's such a good um, question, and I was just hitting on this with my therapist actually which was nice and and as i start to talk about it i I get myself all you know wrapped around i started i'm going back and forth and and i came to the conclusion that i 
just do have that paradox. Like mm-hmm. there are times that, because, you know, when I, I read Jack Kerouac or I learn about Billie Holiday, or I read Charles Bukowski and mm-hmm. they're just like unhinged. Right. <laughs> and there's times when that, that lights me up a bit, you know, there's mm-hmm. something intriguing right. about that to me. It, mm-hmm. it truly is. That's, uh, that's, you know, kind of my, the version of crazy that attracts me. Sure. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, a, a life that's quiet and happy and, and stable and filled with love um, is not right. something I want to let go of at all. You mm. know, I start to think, well, what are the trade-offs of that? You know, mm. what, what, what happens when you do kind of, you know, check out? Um, and I don't, I don't know that I'm willing to make those trade-offs. And so I, I do. I think there is a point. There is a tipping point. There's a, there's mm-hmm. a, there's some things that you can't unknow that you can't unsee that you can't undo. Right. right? And, and, um, so it's important to straddle that paradox. So I think maybe know enough about ourselves. No, I think the mistake is to think that you can know yourself more than you do, you mm-hmm. know, like to, um, to think that things are cut and dry and clear and that you can't surprise yourself mm-hmm. and figure out something yeah. more. I think that's a mistake. Um, I do think we can make choices that we can't undo. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think knowing yourself is always worthwhile, but how are you going about that? That's right. right? That That's what I would say. Um, that's a really great question. What are, what are your thoughts around it? You've obviously put yeah. a lot into it. I mean, I, I guess I've, I've shared some, but I think, I think the thing that sort of haunts me about this, not that I have nightmares about it, I think haunts probably a little dramatic, but uh, the thing that, that maybe I, I fixate the most on when I, when I think about this is that almost as, as I was saying, this idea that once you reach the tipping point, it's too late and you don't, you don't mm-hmm. even know that you're approaching it until you're there and you're looking over the edge of the cliff and mm-hmm. you're like, well, fuck, I'm here. And and I thought I was being reasonably curious. Mm-hmm. I thought I was, I thought I was finding some balance. I thought my trade-offs were in check. I thought I was I thought I was understanding the risk at play and I was willing to take those. I was making a conscious decision, but then you get there and we're not very good at anticipating how things actually pan out. We're, we're just bad at it. We're especially we're, in the moment we take a risk. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the data suggests that we're just we're actually quite bad at making decisions and taking risks. But you know, we do it anyway, and that's that's part of being human. But yeah, I think it it definitely was a, a perspective shift for me at a certain point in life, and I still. I still definitely like to to take risks. I, I like to take calculated ones. Right? Mm-hmm. I like to take informed ones. But I definitely had. I wasn't totally reckless, but I, I did some things as as anyone does. Maybe as they're they're finding themselves or at a certain space in life, or and not to get into this whole thing about sex and gender, but I, I do feel like um, that men specifically often like try to test themselves in strange ways, mm. uh, especially at a certain age in life, because we normally that just happened completely naturally right like you just you just fucking fought your peers right you yeah. just were in constant you know there, there was a more obvious sense of hierarchy and 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 so we don't really have that anymore and as much and so people are always especially young men are trying to figure out where they stand in comparison to their peers or into others a lot of dick and, measuring right yeah it's <laughs> yeah. in short what it is and so i think at times you know we, we just do reckless shit in, in the name of just like saying like let's see if i deserve to be alive because 
evolution isn't so much, uh, you know, taking its toll anymore. And almost everybody gets a ticket now, like almost everybody survives. And, and that's just not the way things used to be. Not that that's a good thing at all, but it's just, I think we do have this, this weird energy in us to sort of see if we would have made it and to just do reckless shit in the name yeah. of that. But I think a lot of that is, is very subconscious, but all that to say, like I definitely did some, some relatively risky things and uh, put myself through some things that again, I think I was largely better for but in retrospect, I'm like, wow, that was, I would never do that. Even though I thought I was a pretty reasonable person at the time. And so now I generally find myself in, in a space where I am very content with my life and I have this new perspective on anything that could be a threat or a risk to that. And, and so before it was kind of like, hey, if everything goes to shit, like all good, I'll, I'll pick up the pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and now that seems to have a different implication for me. And so I, I definitely find myself in a space of, again, being this intensely curious person but always wondering where's where's that line and and then how do i ensure not that i can ensure but but how do i mitigate risk of of doing something figuring something out uh changing something about the way that i experience the world in a way that could uh just potentially change everything not that that would have to be a negative thing but it just i think when you get into this groove if you will of of being in in a very content space it does sort of change what that trade-off looks like and mm -hmm. what you're willing to lose and what you're even willing to risk at all mm -hmm. becomes very different. But of course, it's it's not that I can deny the curiosity that's in me. It's not that I actively feel the need to do that either. It's just it's just a new perspective. And I think in some ways I'm still working through that and trying to figure out if I feel like there's even uh, a risk worth worrying about if I'm if I'm being curious in the in the right way and I, I guess I say right in a, in a very broad way because it's very subjective but conducive um, to what you want to to remain or sure. be right yeah well do you do you think that in part you you know quote unquote sowed your your wild oats do you mm. think that you were curious enough sure. to say I'm I'm satiated enough right. you know that I don't have to push those boundaries anymore you know, do, I mean, do you think we kind of tailor ourselves and kind of hone ourselves into, okay, you know, when can I feel settled? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess I personally feel like we often feel like there's more intention to our lives than there really is, mm. especially in retrospect, right? <laughs> so we can all, yeah, yeah. Especially someone <laughs> I can acknowledge in myself that is a good storyteller. <laughs> I can always yeah. sort of look back and put the pieces together and, oh, and create yeah. this this cohesive narrative about how I got here and, and why I did the things that I did. But all of that is totally mysterious in the moment. Yeah. And it, we don't really know what is to come. And so I think sometimes <sighs> it, it is a bit of a... <laughs> I thought of I I thought of something I have to share yeah, because I do I do love that concept you know when you're reading a story and like you as the audience get this like sense of foreshadowing you know something is about to occur mm -hmm. right and every so often I love to kind of back up and wonder you know if I was reading my life or watching my life you know how would it come across and I had this like just wonderful moment of of ironic foreshadowing um a while ago when I was living in Spain I worked at this bar and um the it was 
um, not, not the most talk. I mean, not the, the healthiest kind of relationship with the employer sure. a little bit toxic. So it didn't end well. That's the end of the story. Mm. Um, which, you know, all's well that does end well. I was fine and it worked out for the best, but I was working one day and the guy who came and do the deliveries, it was right before Christmas. And he was like, Oh, you know, here's all the stuff. And I was like, Oh, by the way, let me tell you like happy holidays. I'm not going to be here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, are you, are you not working here anymore? I was like, Oh no, 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 not that. <laughs> I'm just going to be gone for like the, the Christmas yeah. vacation, but I'll, I will be back. I'll see you. Mm-hmm. And then I got fired. <laughs> and I was like that night. And I was like, Oh, man, oh this man. sucks. But like the ironic foreshadowing was beautiful. <laughs> that was story yeah. worthy, you know, like. That would have been a great moment. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> yeah. And the Netflix special. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, my life is a sitcom. What is this? Right, you know, yeah. it's classic. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, sorry. So there's a little, little, little laugh track in there. Yeah, for sure. I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I, it's, I think that, that life often comes to us in that way. Mm-hmm. And in that, I guess, to your question, it, it's not like I got to a certain point where I was like, I've, I've explored the world now it's time to settle down. Like that, I don't think, I, I mean, I, I can only speak to my experience, but I don't know that anyone necessarily feels that way. I think things often just come to us as they do. And often in retrospect, we can frame, frame them in a certain way, but everyone has this idea about where they are in life and, and what they want. And I don't think you really know it until it hits you, right? Mm-hmm. And I think even... Like most people who get divorced, get remarried. Mm -hmm. And even people, a lot of people after a divorce, they say, I would never do that again. Or uh, (laughs) that, you know, the sorts of things that, not that it's even, um, there's any sort of negative connotation there, but I think we often have ideas about what went wrong, what went right, what changed, how we've changed, uh, what our perspectives are moving forward. You get out of a relationship and you're like, I'm going to be single for a while. And then you meet, you meet someone mm-hmm, and it's, mm-hmm. you're not, you know, no one's really like, ah, you know, if you just have that chemistry with someone, it doesn't matter. And I think that's, uh, I think that often maps onto life in lots of ways where we, we think we're like, Hey, I, I'm at this new point in my life and, and this is what I'm looking for now. But when, when circumstance comes to us, it, it often, I feel like dictates more than anything else. And we face new experiences and everything changes. And, and so I think for me, a lot of it was, it was circumstance in life, how how I've changed and evolved. And so it's not that I necessarily got to a point where I decided to be less curious or that my curiosity had lost its edge. It was just that, um, through what I consider to be a lot of luck came to a point in my life for the first time. I was like, I, I wouldn't risk this for the world, mm, you know, and that funny. was a very unique experience yeah. for me, especially as someone who used to, and I guess maybe a very um, explicit example of this is like, I used to do a good amount of psychedelics and, mm-hmm. and I started doing it for fun when I was younger. I'm uh, not that young uh, to make that clear, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like five, but no, like in college, uh, you know, I experimented a lot with psychedelics and I did them alone. You know, you know, I did them in ways that you're not really supposed to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I sometimes combine them and I, I, you know, I, I've done mm-hmm. all kinds of things like that. And it was sort of after a, a trip, maybe like three, four years ago or something. And I kind of came out of it. And for the first time I was like, as I was coming down, I was like, man, like, I really just want to get back to my life. And that was a totally new experience where not that it was necessarily an escapism, 
that brought me to it in the past, but it was always like, I was almost wanting to hold on to where I was like mm-hmm. this altered state yeah. and this different reality where it was like, this is all so new and dynamic and interesting. Oh, yeah. and, and I'm in. so curious. And then for the first time I was like, man, like, I just want to get back. You know, I really like where I am. I really like what I have. And if there's any risk involved in, in, in changing that, because I, you know, I take too much of something or I, I'm just being, I'm making a rational decision or it's just not worth it. Maybe like where I used to be like, Oh, I'll, I'll just take this much and see what happens. You know? Yeah. But that's uh, a more explicit example of getting to, you know, I just got there and was, it didn't really plan to, but when, in, in this moment, and it was an important moment for me, really, it was a rather emotional one, but I was just like, I, I kind of actually prefer my, my regular waking mm-hmm. life to this. And that was, that was really beautiful for me. So I, I had, um, my therapist in Spain mentioned to me the work of another therapist whose name I can't remember who did a lot of work and did some writing on addiction mm-hmm. and his, um, idea, his theory was that, um, most people just get sick of their own shit. Um, mm-hmm. like when it comes to addiction, a lot, a lot of times when you try to force and push, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to break. You just kind of right. have to like get over it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know a lot behind that, a lot more about it. So I'm not going to try to speak to that or recommend it, but I just thought it was an interesting thought. Um, and it, it's something I've, I've been thinking about lately. I was mentioning to you earlier, but I'll, I'll repeat again for the sake of here. I, I always have this idea that, you know, humans are kind of like this spring graph, you know, we kind of, we, we go, it's sinusoidal, right? We go up and we go down, we go up mm-hmm. and we go down. But if you um, actually look at a spring graph and, you know, it's in a normal setting, it tampers and it gets back to zero and level, right? It bounces mm-hmm. until it stables out again. And I think we kind of do that, you know, we overshoot one direction, we overshoot another direction. And and then we kind of, we, but we don't go as far the first, the second time as we did the first time, you know, we mm-hmm. know that upper bound and that's too much. And then we right. go too low again, but it's too, you know, too low. And then we, we just kind of like find that middle ground by stabilizing but I'm having this kind of thought lately that I think a lot of that is for this this desire to try to get, you know, mm. to the other side. You know, I said I always feel like if I'm if I'm studying too much, I should be going out. But then as soon as I'm going out, I feel like I should be studying, you know. And mm. so it's this we put like all this energy into this like launching, right? Like right. I, I'm getting divorced. I'm never doing that again. You know, mm. it's like this, we launch ourselves. Um in the direction that, you know, or, or and hoping to go in the direction that we want to go. Mm. Um, but I think we just end up kind of stretching this, you know, this natural kind of vibration that we have. We all kind of bounce and, and teeter, you know, back mm. and forth. We straddle that paradox that we all have, whether we go more one direction or the other, that's that's individual, but we're all straddling a line. It's a tension, right. you know, between two kind of sides of the spectrum that we're constantly falling in the middle of. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are, and, and when we're moving and we're wavering on that, right? So we do have this little vibration but when we when we try so hard and we end up pulling ourselves and then that launches into yeah. another launch in another direction you know and so I, I don't know that you had to do all of all of the drugs that you did you sure. know I, I'm not <laughs> going to say that you did or didn't have to but mm-hmm. you came to a point where you were like okay and <laughs> uh, I'm not going to like push there right. and you were just comfortable and you were kind of gliding and and I feel that way in my own life of, um, with just kind of like the, the emotions and of, of transition of ups and downs, you know, and rather than trying to handle it well or trying to be happy or trying, you know, um, to, to curb certain things, I'm like, maybe if I just ride this, it will kind of 
balance itself out. Um, you know, and that's, that's something for me, um, with, with smoking, mm. I'll, I'll say openly is yeah. that, um, I can find myself, it's easy to just, oh, it feels good. It's nice. I like yeah. this. I'll do it. I'll do Great. it. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, where's, where's, where's the meat of life, you know, mm. and, but you get, you get there and it's easier to kind of make that transition. And mm. that's, that's a thought that I have. I'm not sure that it's, you know, for everybody. Mm. Um, but for me, it, it seems easier <laughs> to embrace what feels more natural. <laughs> Maybe that's worth digging into after our previous conversation. Just some thoughts, Maybe. food Maybe for not. thought. But yeah, no, I mean, that's that's definitely an, uh, an interesting bow to put on it. And <laughs> I, it's nice when things sort of come back full circle, which I, which I guess is something you've been thinking a lot about recently. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> the cycles, the circles. <laughs> but they, they, they do tend to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we all... I guess just to even reiterate a bit, I think we all, we do our best to, to understand ourselves and, and where we currently are. And it's, it's a huge challenge, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's easy, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and we can look back and be like, man, that was, that was an overcorrection or yes. I, I, I could really use some more of this or could have done this better. And, and we, we always seem to think that understanding our previous selves means understanding our current selves which in a way it does but in a way it doesn't at all we've, we've shed three <laughs> layers of skin since then you right. know we're, we're yeah so we're always dealing with this kind of brand new thing that you know it's like the new version of the car it's it's the newest model and we think we know it pretty well but it's got some features it's got some bugs and we don't know them yet until we drive it and so you know we don't, <laughs> we don't know until we're in a ditch or we stalled out or whatever it is yeah. um <laughs> insert your metaphor but yeah, I mean, I, I think we generally try our best. And, and I think generally being curious is helpful. I think generally pushing in that direction, asking questions, not being fixed in, in what we think we know and, and think we think we understand is what generally propels us, propels us towards some sort of sense of equilibrium or finding that balance of this is this is enough of this and enough of that. And, mm -hmm. and this is some place I'd, I'd like to hang out for a little while, but I also... Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't want to send myself down a rabbit hole because <laughs> but, uh, I think it's. Oh no, I'm curious. Well, no, Where I'm just kind going? of visualizing the whole, the whole kind of. I don't even remember exactly how you put it, but like this, the the waves, uh, the uh -huh, like the spring graph, the spring yeah. graph, and that. I guess this idea of sort of chasing highs, uh, avoiding lows, that that being a, uh, a maybe a bit of a hollow existence, right? That yeah. I think maybe we all experience to some extent that we we chase that peak and we're like, hey, I just want to, you know, not even talking about drugs explicitly, but like, I just want that high, whatever it is, mm -hmm. like the highest of it. I, I want it all. I, I want the top of Everest. I, you know, I, I want whatever that is for you. And, but also I, I want to avoid that, <laughs> that bottom, which is, is kind of what I was talking about before. It's, it's mitigating suffering in a way and, and maybe not always acknowledging that th they go hand in hand and that being in this constant state of, of chasing and avoiding, you know, mm -hmm. avoiding the negative, chasing the good mm -hmm. is, is never sustainable, but it's, it's hard not to live that way. And it's hard not to be curious about how much better things could be or, or what might be out there that, that, that could unlock uh, just different portals and, and dimensions of what it's like to, to be a human and you, you see that on either side, whether it's positive or negative, that you're you're getting a a more 
you're expanding your breadth and your depth uh, as a human. And, and I think there's, there's something to that. And, and maybe it, it brings me to the conclusion of my thoughts on it, that I, I'm in a place where I've, I've landed on certain trade-offs and I don't know that the peaks and valleys are things that are worth chasing for me, but I mm-hmm. understand it, you know, and mm-hmm. I, and I, mm-hmm. and I can have a respect for people that live in that way. And, and that, because we don't really know what all of this is and mm-hmm. we don't really know ultimately what's important or, or what's maybe after this or what, uh, what is even deeper within this. So sometimes you got to live it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of it, like you said, is, is about context. I mean, we mm-hmm. were talking, I mean, it's a collective human thing too. You know, you look at the roaring twenties, which, you know, is ironically here, you know, we're yeah. hopefully, I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping we do jump back into that. I want to experience I it. Hate it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, but you look at, you know, circumstance and how they lead to different production of media or art, you know, based on how people are feeling, um, you know, and that's, that's something that I've been thinking about having made this change in my life. Um, you know, leaving, living in Spain for three years and coming back to live here again and kind of reevaluating my identity. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and the question is, you know, what is my identity in this context? You know, and I I talked to my therapist about that. I was like, ah, like I'm like, am I always going to be like questioning my identity? You know, Mm -hmm. is this a lifelong thing? And, and in a way it is, um, you know, and I've, I've, Cause he was like, well, you know, you'll have something new that comes up and, you know, because you be, you become different things. Um, you, you know, you, you, if you have a partner, you become partner and that evolves and you, mm-hmm. you know, you grow into that. If you have children and you become that, you know, whatever you're putting forth in the world, you're in that kind of context. And those are, you know, different levels of change that you go through. But I recently was hearing about a woman who, um, was Japanese and has been living in America and as a professor for a college professor for 30 years and is retiring and, and now and doesn't feel assimilated and American, mm. but hasn't been in Japan and yeah. was a professor and no longer is and, and is having this kind of crisis of identity. And, and I think it's just this human thing. Our context is, is changing yeah. and, and to different degrees as we find ourselves, you know, okay, who am I in relation to it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, but there's ways of, I'm finding that there's ways of navigating that, yeah. um, that are, uh, conducive to life to bring it back to biomimicry, <laughs> maybe even in yeah. a way, you know, there's, there's ways of kind of exploring that. And that's what you're just getting at, right? Is there, is there too much curiosity? And, and so you think about that and you, you set yourself those boundaries, you know, mm. you set your own personal boundaries, you know, and, and so to, and try to explore kind of within and around them. Oh, I heard about this great study speaking of boundaries. I didn't find it myself. Um, and the person who told me couldn't find the source. So take it at face value. <laughs> I always sure. like to, you know, give that caveat. Um, but the idea was that if you, if they put these children kind of like out in an open field and they had complete, um, free range and they all Mm. stayed in the center though, you know, they all Mm. kind of stayed huddled together and then they put them in an area with a fence, you know, a big enough area and they, they would spread out and go toward the fence. Right. And so this, you know, idea of if you have boundaries, you will explore them. And then from there you can tailor them, you know, Mm. I I think that's, that's kind of something I'm coming to terms with, with my insatiable curiosity. Right. It's like, okay. First, let's kind of understand what is the upper or lower bound here mm. and, and work with that. Um, and that was something 
personally, I think as, as a female, there's a lot of, um, development in like female sexuality over the mm -hmm. past few years. Sure. And that was something I definitely like jumped on, took part in. I was like, no, I'm liberated to explore my own sexuality. Mm. Um, but you know, I found myself a, a, a time or two saying, Oh, I I feel kind of icky. Mm. I didn't, I didn't like that choice I made actually. Right. And I had a friend who would help me out. And before I would, you know, go, go into anything, she was like, all right, what, where's your limit? Set, mm -hmm. set it for yourself. And I found that I, I just felt bad if I gave into a moment, which is easy for me because yeah. I'm insatiably curious. Mm -hmm. And so if I chose to set myself a boundary beforehand, then I, I had made that I didn't have to give into any moment. Just, mm -hmm. and, and that was really um, helpful for me. And it was just a sense of understanding myself and how I operate and, and what needs I do have, yeah. you know? And so, you know, it, it was, it was a way of learning about myself. Um, and and tampering and, and working with that wave, you mm. know what I mean? Understanding I am going to fluctuate, but how can yeah. I kind of ride along and and know where it's going and, and be comfortable in the process? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean that's that's definitely fascinating, and, and I think that's a great way of putting it. That boundaries really are important, and, and of course the difficulty is is setting that boundary in the first place mm -hmm. and knowing where to set it. But I, I guess maybe mm -hmm. the principle is to maybe sort of set the bar low and and then and explore that if that that's the healthiest area. way yeah, and then, you know you <laughs> yeah. set it again you just keep <laughs> you keep setting it higher and higher and you know uh obviously at some point in theory you, you hit a wall and you say okay and maybe i back off from that and, and what's done is done right you, you can't go back but yeah i think those boundaries really are crucial and it is it's with no boundaries there there is that fear and that that sort of reaction i was speaking to before that you you don't know that that complete openness of a mm -hmm. lack of boundary you're like i, I th there could be anything on the other side of this wall oh, yeah. <laughs> and i think that the life is a very mysterious and complicated thing beyond anything i'll ever understand so there there really i'm i'm a firm believer that that anything could be there at any time and I think to some degree we can't really control that, but at the same time, it, it is it is hard to cope with cope with that sometimes mm -hmm. with without a boundary and saying okay that's that's something I wouldn't do that's that's a line I don't cross that's a rule that I have for myself and and over the years I've I've tried to establish a, a general moral framework for mm -hmm. myself in, in that vein, but it's it's definitely easier said than done. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think sometimes, you know, you, you miss the mark on, on a boundary and then, you know, you've got to step back or you feel like you know, you're being too conservative and it's, it's well, a stance. Well, isn't it also but, circumstantial too? Because I'm, I'm thinking right now, I got these like two different ideas in my head. Sartre, you know, the, the existential philosopher says, uh, you know, freedom is anguish. You know, the fact that you can do anything at any time is overwhelming, mm -hmm. you know, and so we talk about these boundaries, but then you've got, I think it's Chagyam Trungpa who says something along the lines of, um, you know, the bad news is you're falling through the air and there you have no parachute, but the good news is there's no ground. Mm -hmm. And so it's this idea of like giving into that free fall and giving into that complete freedom, yeah. you know? And so, and we kind of choose, and then there's quotes like this all around, right? There's sure. this quote of, <laughs> um, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, right? Mm -hmm. And then the exact opposite notion of, uh, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results is insanity. Mm. You know, we've got the early bird gets the worm, which you can follow with, but the second worm, uh, 
mouse gets the cheese, you know, mm. like, we, yeah. you know, you can kind of tailor your experiences, yeah. <laughs> which we do, you know, we're, we're, we're humans <laughs> of convenience, you know, it's what, what yeah. works at the time, which may or may not, it might be a coping survival mechanism and, and dealing with your circumstance. There's not, you know, one answer that fits any occasion, mm -hmm. but kind of analyzing where you are, what, what the boundaries of it are and what works at the time, mm. you know, which is hard yeah. to know until you <laughs> shed a few layers of skin and look back and say it wasn't that. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it, I definitely get a little bit of a tightness in my chest just thinking about it. I just like for me, that's like uh, it, it's funny and it's true. But it's also as someone who not that I fight pessimistic tendencies, but I'm I'm, I'm like a pretty harsh realist at, at times. Okay. And I often feel like not that it's even a negative thing fundamentally, which is something I've been trying to work with. But just this idea that we generally do what it takes to make ourselves feel better. And, yes. and so <laughs> whatever that is, yes. and obviously that can be a, a horrifically pathological thing <laughs> and, and it can be a, a very helpful and empowering thing as well. And so it's sometimes I, I wonder if that's all there is to it and that, uh, you know, all the advice in the world is not worth taking because ultimately you'll, you'll latch on to what you feel like supports what you already have. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I do that. I, do. I ask people for their opinion all the time. I mean, simple things like, should I wear the red or the blue shirt? And I, like, I think I base my decision off of how I feel about their answer. You mm -hmm. know, like if you tell me the blue shirt fair, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm like, oh, well, now I realize I definitely wanted the red yeah. shirt. I'm just looking for what I want. You mm -hmm. know, and I don't really actually want right. your opinion. I want to know how I feel about your opinion. <laughs> yeah. No, <that's> <laughs> Which whole, we do, uh, yeah. The whole concept of a coin flip. I don't know if you're familiar with nope. the idea of just like making decisions on a coin flip and why it's actually a quite useful tool, not to leave it to complete randomness, but to see how you feel in mm -hmm. the circumstance of something being left to complete randomness. So like the idea is that when the coin's in the air, you have a feeling, you have a, a base visceral hope that it's heads <laughs> or it's tails. And you might not be able to access that until it's that real that you're like, this decision is being made like it or not and then you realize oh like this is what i actually wanted i don't want tails i don't want heads whatever it is and it, it can be quite useful sometimes oh, yeah. you need that pressure that pressurized environment to be like oh i just use my family as a coin then the <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean in a, in a way that is complete randomness at times right? <laughs> to ask someone else you never know how they're gonna respond yeah. oh and <laughs> i feel no obligation to actually take their opinion right. as, you know? so as, as long as there's there's no obligation there. It's it's definitely uh, maybe two sides of the same coin. <laughs> um, that was the but, weakest. Uh, <laughs> it's going to come through really loud, I promise. <laughs> Any sort of noise like that really comes through. So I've, I've learned oh, to uh, really temper my, <laughs> my non- <laughs> I bet my laugh language. is gonna really like bust the speakers. Uh, I, just... yeah, yeah, I can merge with that. Uh, <laughs> just cut out every laugh. <laughs> just, like, this weird silence. An anti-laugh track. Which <laughs> is everything. It's just deadpan. Uh, that would be kind of a fun experiment. But yeah, I think that is ultimately leaving us at a at a wonderful place to to call this one quits. Yeah, for and, sure. And uh, I think I've taken up enough of your time. But I before I do. Um, just to leave us maybe a breadcrumb or two for, for the next time that we do this, yeah. I'm curious for you, maybe one thing, it doesn't have to be the pinnacle of anything, but one thing, let's just say in three months, you'd like to be doing more of, 
you'd like to be doing less of that we can maybe come back to and just see how that panned out? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would like to be doing more intentional mindfulness. Um, I've been kind of giving myself the excuse of the transition, um, which I think is a fair excuse for a little while. Mm. You know, you're, you're kind of resettling into everything. I, I just started going like gym classes regularly again, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. just took some time, but I would like to be, you know, writing and meditating, um, more often, um, you know, doing kind of those intentional things now, now that I'm comfortable in my surroundings. And I would like to be doing less of the, um, easy grabs, um, for comfort. Um, I, I would, I would like to be challenging myself mm-hmm. in, in, in ways. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so, you know, Definitely. doing those and in, being more intentional and being less unintentional. <laughs> Is that a cop out? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but I'll, I'll let you have that for now. But next time I won't. Uh, we'll, we'll really hammer down on that one. Wait, but, what about you though? You got to answer. Oh, shit. No, 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 we're out of time. <laughs> oh, look at that. Suddenly the clock stopped. No, 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 no. Um, let's see. Something I'd like to be doing more of. Well, I, I I think I'd like to be a little more mindful. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a cop <laughs> No, I'll, I'll, I'll answer. But I think in general right now, um, let's see. I personally, I do feel like I have not been reading as much mm. lately. And that's when I say lately, probably the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of a long trend, but... It is something that is always so enriching for me and always so enjoyable. And I'm also in a space right now in my life when it's like, when am I going to have more time or freedom to read? Like, I definitely have the time and space to be doing something like that, that I really enjoy. And then I always get a lot out of, and that there's really no downside to, but Mm -hmm. I'm someone who is very good at just like finding ways to occupy my time that are generally quote unquote productive. And so I, even though I have some flexibility right now, I often find myself like busier than ever and that's a little outrageous. And so if I'm not able to, in, in these times, find space for the things that I truly enjoy uh, that, that are a little bit of a step back from, from that hustle and bustle of life, I don't know when I will. So I, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to step things up on that front. Um, as far as doing less of, where can I start? Um <laughs> I think, so I think, and this is maybe, ah, it's not a cop out, uh, I'll say, but it's similar to what you said in a way. <laughs> I, I'd like to stop feeling, I'd like to stop necessitating thought mm. so much because I'm someone who is often at times intensely internal and it's never really manifested as anxiety for me. It's, it's never something I've really dealt with on a sustainable level, but I'm always someone that's, that is prone to just really churning internally. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think as of late, I, and this was maybe the last time I, I did sort of a, a sensory deprivation float tank situation, uh, which was maybe a couple months ago that I did come to this realization that, that often there, there just is no need to, there's limits to what additional thought can really offer us. And yeah. I think sometimes as someone who can be 
intensely intellectual in the way that I try to think about the world, almost to a fault that I feel like that more thought is always good, right? That I, I need to think about this deeper. I need to think yeah. about this more. I need to I dig into that. this more. And I realized during that experience, you know, it was maybe an hour of, of really being in forced into that thrust into that space of, of just being with your thoughts, just being kind of floating and weightless. And, and I realized that if, if I really was as, as mindful and observative as I could be, I, my thoughts were never really necessary and they come up naturally, but I didn't necessarily always have to engage them or allow them to, to go somewhere. And then I could, at least maybe I've developed a capacity over time through my own practice to just come back to my body and in my more direct sensory experience without always feeling like when those doors open of thought that I have to go down them. And I think when I'm in meditation, I can acknowledge that, but allowing that to sort of map onto my life and and realize that I, I don't have to be thinking when I'm just living either. Like it's not just when I'm in this meditative, isolated, (laughs) kind of irrelevant almost state, which I feel like is often a problem with meditation is that it's totally removed from actual experience, which is totally counterintuitive. But You give yourself permission there and then it closes up. Yeah, you got to carry that out somehow. And so it's something I've been trying to work on and, and honestly sort of forgetting about often. But yeah, I just like to explore that a little bit more of what it's like to to not always feel like I need to dig into things. I don't always need to even be so curious about yeah. what a thought is or where it's coming from. And maybe sometimes Oof, it is it is more pleasant. It is, is better for me as an individual in my day-to-day state to just simply be and, uh, you know, let things come and go. So Oh, that rings home. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always trying to get to the bottom of it. I don't put my finger yeah. on it, you know. I just heard a line recently, um, saying you are certain is the inability or not to not to be able to tolerate not knowing. Mm. To say you are certain is to not tolerate not knowing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm trying to uh, build up my tolerance for the unknown as mm. well, which I think ties into that letting the thoughts go. That's yeah. good. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if it actually develops, evolves, however you want to frame it. But I'll uh, I'll try to keep it in mind. And I appreciate you asking because it, it's something that was a nice reminder for yeah. myself. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> well, again, uh, I'll send it back to you. Thank you for doing this no, today. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll take that as the final thank you. Um, <laughs> I'll just say it under my breath one time. <laughs> I'll just insert one here. And yeah. Post. Oh yeah, you got you got control here. Oh yeah, I'm overruled. But, no, but I I do appreciate your time, your energy, your just mindfulness here today. You're always very present for these conversations, and I appreciate that a lot. And yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll do this again soon. It's a joy. Thank you for always pushing me to think a little bit further and differently. I always, I always oh, no. come out of conversations with you. <laughs> oh, no, did I do it again? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that. Uh, yeah, that's what I was just saying. I'm trying to you know, do that. <laughs> you've, you've got it. You can, you've, you've got me contagious. Is that a word? How do we use contagious as a, as a verb? Con- is it Kim? <laughs> I don't, I don't, think, I don't so. think we have to be able it's to. It's spread. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but positive. Uh, sure. I, I walk away with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, uh, man. It's been great, really. It, it has been. It really has. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll let you all get out of here. Thanks for sticking around if you did. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> so if you've made it this far, hopefully it's because this project has resonated with you in some way and added value to your life. And if so, it would be great if you could take that next step to do any of the things that people are always asking you to do. Subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share with a friend, give us a follow on social. I know it can feel like a chore, I get it, but it is all rather simple and easy, a lot easier than listening to this whole episode. So any support really does mean a lot to me and goes a long way towards helping this show and its message grow. The simple fact that you're still listening at this point already makes this whole thing worth it for me. Anything else is just gravy. Remember, again, please do send your questions and topics to at impostorsanon on Instagram and Twitter. I welcome them all and would love to hear from you. And oh, if you could be interested in coming on this very show, shoot us a message. Seriously, there are no requirements. I'm always looking for new guests with unique perspectives. I don't care about how many followers you have or where you went to school, and I certainly don't want to read your resume. I just like having interesting, candid conversations. So why not? You're all already a part of this project in my eyes, but I'll give it a rest for today. Thanks again. Your perspective is valuable, and I'll see you next time.